Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this, bye. Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this, bye. All right, we are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. This is Derek Poultry reporting to you live, uh, live to recording, of course. Uh, I am uh, really excited about this episode. It may not sound like I'm excited, um, but I'm definitely excited about this episode. And the voice you just heard is Issa Ray, I believe is the correct pronunciation. And this video has been circling the social media sphere and it is a very interesting one, to say the least. As always, I have my coffee with me, uh, have a few snacks with me. So if you hear me, uh, grab a snack or two to keep my refreshments uh, going during this episode. Um, please accept my apologies if you hear any chewing or drinking during this episode. But I have to keep myself up. I got to keep my energy up for the people so they can at least hear my perspective. I am not here. I tell everybody this. I am not here to impress you. I am not here to give you bells and whistles. If this is your first time here, you're welcome to stay a while and listen to episode after episode. Go back and listen to all the old episodes and then come back and listen to all the new episodes. Uh, you are welcome here. Uh, new listeners. Uh, and I have seen that we're getting a lot more people tuning in. They're like, hey, I want to hear what this guy has to say. And so, you know, before every episode, I pray that the Holy Spirit uses my voice to be able to analyze the game that we're in, which I call Black Equity. Okay. Yes, I know technically we are not Black people. Yes, I know. I know technically we're not African-Americans. Yes, I know. And so it's just a concept. If anything, we are the children of Israel or the children of God. Uh, but, you know, calling the, the podcast the children of God equity, it, it didn't, you know, I guess someone could take that idea and run with it. But now that we got that all out the way, welcome new listeners. Welcome longtime listeners. Thank you to the day ones that have seen the growth of our podcast, the different versions of it, different perspectives of how we get to this thing we call Black equity. And for those who don't know, for me, it's a place where we have a equal playing field for all parties involved in the world of entrepreneurship and investing. I don't believe we have it unless Black people have it. Unless Black people have fair and equal treatment or equity, equitable treatment within the entrepreneurial and investment space, then there is no true equity, no matter what anyone else tells you. But we find ourselves here with the Issa Rae uh, message or video going around 
social media. And of course, people are taking that clip and they're replaying it over and over and they're putting themselves right next to it. And they're saying, I'm an entrepreneur and that means I did it myself. That's what they're saying. Just so you get a refresh refresher, this is what they are playing next to themselves as they mouth the words or do some other thing with it, uh, or they're taking the sound and putting it over their uh, a video of them showing their business. They are telling you that they did it themselves. Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this, bye. Entrepreneur until I die, I deserve this, bye. What is this all in reference to, really? What is it all in reference to? But we'll get to that. We'll get to what it's all in reference to. But just know, currently, that is what everyone is saying. And so that's where we begin today. I believe an artist's job is to reflect the times that we are in. And that is the time that we are in. Because this video is circulating left, right, up, down, side to side, that I'm an entrepreneur and I did it myself. So where does that take us today? I want to talk about today the greatest heist in history. I repeat, I want to talk about today the greatest heist in history. That's where this video led me to. I was sitting there watching this video circulate and I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe my ears. Not only was this video circulating, but people were using it as their marketing and branding. And then I started seeing the people that were actually using it. And I said to myself, you did it yourself? No one helped you? No one stepped in and provided any type of assistance to the work that you are doing? You're telling me that entrepreneur means that you did it yourself. And it brought me to this idea of the greatest heist in history. As I processed this information, I began wondering, what are some of the greatest heist movies ever created? What are some of the greatest heist movies? And so if you are listening uh, on, on any platform and you wanna see the video, we are on Spotify right now. And I'm pulling up what many people deem to be the best heist movies of all time. And this will all make sense, hopefully. I can't guarantee that by the end of this episode, you will understand anything I am saying. Because for some of you, it is not meant for you to understand. My episodes, or our episodes, this is Black Equity Podcast, hosted by Derek Moultrie, and... I say it's produced by the Holy Spirit. I say it's produced by God. So when you tune into our podcast, 
I cannot guarantee that you will actually walk away understanding anything that I said, because there are some people it is not meant for you to understand. This is only for the people who are seeking understanding. If you're not seeking understanding, you will not understand. But it, it brought me to some of the best heist movies of all time. My favorite genre of all movies. I've always gone back and forth with this. Like, what is my favorite genre, right? Is it a, a drama? Is it a comedy? Suspense. I do like suspenseful movies, thrillers. But I think my favorite genre is a really great heist movie. I always love the the elements of drama, suspense. It's kind of everything all in one. And then you get to see how they creatively were able to maneuver through this impossible task. You also get to see how they prepared for it, what they did behind the scenes, who they had to contact, who they had to bring in. It's usually a team. Sometimes it's not. But typically it's a team, right? It's the greatest heist movie of all time, right? And they're talking about here on this list. This is from a website called slashfilms.com. They have their 23 best heist movies. They name Ocean's Eleven as one of them. The Asphalt Jungle. I actually haven't seen that one. Bell Mill and True. I might need to look at some of these. A low-budget heist film from George Harrison's Handmade Films. Huh. Oh, Bell Mill and True. I'm not familiar. Uh, Le Circle Rude. Haven't seen it. Charlie Varick. They got a lot of heist movies I ain't seen. Dead Presidents. Okay. Now we now this is this is my I understand Dead Presidents. I think Dead Presidents is cool. I wouldn't say it's the greatest heist movie. The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Gunning. I haven't seen some of these. Heat. I have seen Heat. Heat's really good. Hell or High, high Water. The Hot Rock. Inception. Yes. You know, I didn't think about that. Inception is a heist movie. If it wasn't for the head-scratching science fiction elements, Christopher Nolan's film would be fairly standard heist movie. I never thought of it that way. Inception is basically a heist movie. Huh. I didn't even think of it until this list. The Killing, The Ladies Killers, Logan, Lucky. A lot of these I haven't seen. Ooh, Ocean's Eleven. That's a popular one. That's more modern day. Has a lot of people in it that you may know. Odds Against Tomorrow, Reservoir Dogs is really good. Riffy, The Silent Partner, The Taking of Pelham, one, two, three. Yes. Yes. And see, a lot of these say heist movies, but then they're also labeled underneath thrillers. So typically, if you're looking for a heist movie, it's not going to be underneath a category called heist. It's usually underneath thriller or drama. It usually is cornered into one of those genres. So when people ask me about my favorite genre, I guess heist movies wouldn't be accurate. But I'm one of those people that just, you know, I see the world the way I want to see it, right? Widows, that came out recently. That was pretty good. 
I wanted more from it. But see, that's what they have as the greatest, highest movies of all time. This is from, once again, who is this? Slashfilms.com, the 23 best heist movies of all time. And I'm here to tell you, they got them all wrong. Well, I mean, the 23 may be up there somewhere. I think the greatest heist movie, at least one of them, let's not go too far. I think a top five heist movie, let's just say that, that's not even on the list at all here, is Set It Off. Yes, Set It Off. Jada Pinkett Smith, Queen Latifah, Kimberly Elise, uh, what's old girl name from Soul Food and, and Independence Day, Vivica Fox. Oh, set it off, set it off. You got these four women who are, are uh, economically struggling, trying to figure out how they're going to either feed their children or pay off this bill, or they got this issue. They're working at uh, the dry cleaner, not dry cleaners, the, the uh, uh, not laundry man. Where, where are they working? It's, uh, oh, cleaning service. They're in California, L.A., one of them works at the bank. I believe in the beginning of the movie, that uh, bank is robbed. And they get this idea like, yo, we can do this ourselves. We can rob our own banks. And then it sets off the rest of the movie. Set it off is good, good, good. It's top five. It's one of my favorite movies in the heist world. And it doesn't even make the list. And so I, I'm going to go to some of these other movies that I haven't seen before and watch them. And then if, if they're better than Set It Off, then I'll come back and say, but it's going to be very hard to convince me that Set It Off should not be on this list. It's going to be very hard. And there's a scene in Set It Off that I think would actually make sense for this entire thing. There's a scene in the movie where they are about to make a major decision here. And I think it goes so well with understanding what the greatest heist is in history. Cleo, fuck no, hell no! Stoney, shut up, we gotta split up, okay? Gotta. Look, I'll catch up to y'all later, I promise. What are we gonna do about the money? Just hold on to it. One. Come on, let's go. Alright, motherfuckers. If you haven't seen set it off. You need to watch Set It Off. I'm going to replay that part one more time because I think it fits into what Issa Rae is saying and what the rest of the culture is saying. And I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best to connect these dots and see if what Issa Rae is saying, did she do it all herself? Was it all her? Let's see. Let's play this one more time. 
If you have not seen Set It Off, go watch the movie. It says here you can buy or rent it right now. I'm only playing 30 seconds. I'm only playing 30 seconds of the movie because I want you to catch this. Okay? Let's play it one more time. Cleo, fuck no, hell no! Cody, shut up! We gotta split up, okay? Gotta. Look, I'll catch up to y'all later, I promise. What are we gonna do about the money? Just hold on to it. One. You have these four women who have robbed this bank. And to this point, only three women are in the car. That should tell you something if you haven't seen the movie. There was four women. Three of them are in this car. And they are surrounded by helicopters, police, and they're in a tunnel. They got money in the car. And they're, they're this close. They're this close. If they can just get past this one roadblock, all their dreams will come true. They've already robbed a couple of banks. This is supposed to be their last heist. Some people won't call it a heist. They'll just call it a bank robbery. I call it it's a heist. But you can call it whatever you want. Oh, there's a little description here. Let's read the description. Deal with this. The only breaks you get are the ones you take. Jada Pinkett Smith, Queen Latifah, Vivica Fox, and Kimberly Lee star as four African-American women living in Los Angeles housing project who push to the edge, resort to violence to escape poverty in this searing, intimate, and action-packed look at real life on America's mean streets. Now, get out of the way as a lady set it off. That's the description. And it's, it's labeled as action and adventure. That's the way it's labeled. Two hours and two minutes. And this is back in 1996. They are in poverty. They need money. And they're going to do whatever it takes. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to set it off. And their idea of setting it off is to rob banks. Rob the votes, right? And so here they are at their last heist, bank robbery, whatever you want to call it. And they're in the car. And Queen Latifah's character says, yo, we got to split up. It's really the only chance we got here. Because if we all go in the same direction, we're all going to get caught. So you go your way, you go your way, I go my way. And I'll catch you when I catch you. I'll see you later, I promise, that's what she says. And it's very suspenseful because you don't know what's about to happen. Those who are watching this on Spotify can see what the name of the video is. I'm not going to say it out loud. But we all know it's about to pop off. But I found it to be very interesting because at the end of the movie, there was one at the end. 
and she has all the money on the bed and she's swimming in the money. And if my memory serves me correctly, it could have been maybe two, maybe $3 million in 1996. And we can look up later what that is the equivalent of today, right? So in 1996, there's one person at the end who has the money and is throwing it on the bed and is waiting to see if some of her friends make it to come see her. And she has made it out of poverty and she has her $3 million. I'm just estimating, right? And so my question is, is this. My question to Issa Rae and everyone who's sharing the video, did the person who made it at the end of the movie with her $3 million, did she do it herself? Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this, bye. The question I have is this. What was the full context of what Issa Rae was saying? Because we're just taking this video, and when I say we, I don't mean me. We're taking this video, and we're sharing this thing everywhere, and we're saying that entrepreneur means I did it myself. And I'm saying this is inspiring a really great look at the greatest heists in history. I'm now showing you what I believe to be a top five heist movie that has not even labeled as a heist. And Queen Latifah, Vivica Fox, and Jada Pinkett are in the car. And Queen Latifah says, we got to split up. They hug each other. And we don't see what happens where they all go. We know where one goes, but we don't know where the other two go. But we do know how the movie ends, if you watch it. It ends with one person holding all the money. And my question to the culture is this. Does she do it herself? I think we should look at the full context of what Issa Rae was saying. I think that matters. By the way, this is my first time listening to the full speech. It says Issa Rae receives Emerging Entrepreneur Award at 2019 Women in Film. Let's see what she has to say. Um, thank you so, so much for this. I just saw my dad randomly walk in like 10 minutes ago and I didn't tell him about this, so. <laughs> is not gonna like my speech. <laughs> um, anyway, I just wanna thank you so much for this wonderful honor uh, to be the first to receive this among so many women that I admire is just, you know, it makes me super proud. And like Elizabeth was saying earlier, sometimes I feel like as, as women, we, we tend to downplay ourselves, we tend to dim our light. Um, and we're kind of conditioned socially to, to be humble. And I grew up in the age of hip hop. I grew up 
being a huge hip hop fan, and none of my favorite artists are humble. They don't even know what that means. <laughs> so in writing my speech, I decided to embrace this moment in honor of them. <laughs> but before I do, I just wanna say thank you, Women Film, I'm honored for this, thank you so much. I also realized like, uh, in writing this, like, a lot of it was just about saying the opposite of what I would normally say, so keep that in mind, too. Uh, Emerging Entrepreneur Award, duh, bitches. I'm the first, so you future hoes need to bow down unless you're ready to catch my fade with your weak asses. I'm closing all doors behind me, so if you didn't make it in, Oops, you're bad. Figure it out. Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. <laughs> that being said, Benoni, Vanessa, Denise, Montrell, and the rest of my team, y'all some suckers. Y'all stuck around me even though I could have done this without you. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Y'all stupid. Um, to Jonathan and Dave at Three Arts, y'all ain't shit. Uh, to my lawyer, John Meggs, you're nothing, okay? Let's be real. Uh, UTA, worry about that writer's strike instead of worrying about me. Casey and Amy at HBO, keep running me my money, please, and thank you. <laughs> and to everybody who claims to have helped me get here, okay, and? <laughs> so in conclusion, Conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this, bye. <laughs> In context, she's making a joke. At least I hope she is. She's telling you that she did not do it by herself. She's telling you she has a whole team, a lawyer, HBO, and she's telling a joke by doing the opposite of what she really should be saying. And through that joke, we are now spreading this information around and people are saying they did it themselves. And when I was sitting there, I thought about set it off. And I always think about Set It Off because it's really one of my favorite heist movies because it's really about escaping poverty, trying to get to wealth. And I'll be honest with you, the amount of money they have at the end technically was not enough to do what they really wanted to do. And so the person at the end who makes it, she's gonna have to do some other stuff eventually Eventually, we never know because you know the the movie ends with the 
you know, sail off into the sunset and we made it thing, right? But the amount of money at the end, the two to three million dollars that they had or the person had, it wasn't enough. But I get emotional about set it off because these people are trying to escape poverty. And they think the only way they can do it is through robbing banks. And I couldn't imagine you risk your life. Get killed. So your other friends make it out the fucking poverty. And you go on social fucking media and use this clip as the real thing. Entrepreneur means... I did that shit by myself. In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this. Bye. As I was, as I'm seeing all these videos start circulating, oh yeah, let's get this out. Let's get this out there. I did it myself. I did it myself. You ain't nothing you can tell me. I did it myself. And I'm just like, and see, that's the problem with social proof. For those who don't know, where social proof comes from, let's examine it. That's the issue with social proof. Social proof was coined by some white dude in a book called Influence to persuade people, to show you how to persuade people. What people don't know is in undergrad, I studied marketing. And I was fascinated. Actually, in high school, my favorite class was marketing. I love that class. Because it was really the psychology of business. That's really what marketing is. It's the psychology of business world. And I love psychology, but psychology to me by itself was kind of boring. And so when it was psychology and business, oh my goodness, it was crazy. And so marketing became my thing, like, yo, let's get into this. And then I started seeing what marketing in business really means. Right? I started seeing that marketing in business is really a way to persuade people. So the author's name is Robert Cialdini. Social proof is a term that was coined back in 1984 by 1984 author Robert Cialdini in his book called Influence. This phenomenon is also called informational social influence and essentially is the idea that people copy the actions of others and attempt to emulate behavior in certain situations. You know I gotta read that again. Phenomenon is a phenomenon also called informational social influence. And essentially is the idea that people will copy the actions of others in an attempt to emulate a behavior in certain situations. So here's what people do. They look at a celebrity and say, I love what that person had to say. Let me copy it. 
let, let me make it my own. Let me emulate it. And then I'll get all the results that person had. That's what they do. And sometimes it's a great thing. Sometimes copying someone's actions, emulating it and taking it as your own could be wonderful. And sometimes it could be a disaster. We are in the age where people believe that social proof is the answer. And I'm here to tell you that just copying anything you see and emulating it and turning yourself into it could be harmful to your community. When you look at the full, the full speech by Issa Rae, she's saying, yo, I'm just joking. She's telling you, oh, yeah, my team, I don't really need them. My lawyer, I don't need them. HBO, run me my checks. I did it all myself. And as she's joking, she's actually emulating. There's other people out here who believe that entrepreneur means that she did it herself. She even says, well, I'm not going to open up doors for people behind me. Why would I help other women come up? And as sad as that speech is, and funny. It's the reality in the black wealth space. Issa Rae's joke is a reality of seriousness. Everything that Issa Rae just said in her full speech that was supposed to be a joke. You remember? At the beginning of her speech, she said, I just saw my dad and I didn't even tell him I was going to be here and he's not going to like this speech. And then you hear the speech and then you have to ask yourself, well, why would her dad like it? Because she knows deep down inside the reason why she's here today is because of her dad. It's that simple, right? It's because of her dad, it's because of her mom, it's because of her, the village that she had around her, her church, whatever. I don't know Issa Rae's full story. But people have taken this video and said, I'm going to use social proof. I'm going to copy someone else's actions and emulate that behavior. So then I can show people that I am the same frequency. We told you on our last episode, people are trying to confuse the universe. And so what people do is they copy other people's actions. Oh, I like what that person did. Let me copy that. Let me stand in front of the desk and look powerful. And if I look powerful, I'll be powerful. Let me get the PR shoot so then everybody can see me and I'll just stand here and look courageous and I'll be courageous. Let me take Issa Rae's speech and let me flip it and do my own thing with it and I'll be Issa Rae. That's the dangers of social proof. but what does this all have to do with anything, right? I mean, Issa Rae said it, 
So what? We played a full speech. Who cares? Set it off, heist movies. Does any of this connect? What does any of this have to do with anything? And I'm here to tell you, it all connects. I just couldn't imagine making it out of poverty after my friends sacrificed their life for me. My friends sacrificed their life for me. I made it out of poverty. And I sat on social media with the audacity to say I made it myself. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine watching Queen Latifah get killed and set it off, watching her three friends murdered, trying to escape poverty to then make it on stage one day and say, <laughs> I did it myself. But what does it lead to, right? What, how does that connect to anything? Well, let's take a look. I don't think I've called on you in a while. Okay. Yep, oh, thanks, Great. Um, question for you about this uh, report out of California on reparations. I was wondering if the president has seen it and if he would use it to guide any sort of executive action since I think the last thing he did on reparations was say that he supported the study that Congress is yeah. essentially wanting So to his stance on reparations and supporting the study hasn't changed. I have not seen the California report, uh, but his personal, uh, his stance, uh, policy stance has, has not changed on reparations. I don't think I've called on you in a while. Okay. Yep. Oh, thanks, Perry. Um question for you about this uh, report out of California on reparations. I was wondering if the president has seen it and if he would use it to guide any sort of executive action since I think the last thing he did on reparations was say that he supported the study that Congress is essentially yeah. wanting. So his stance on reparations and supporting the study hasn't changed. I have not seen the California report, uh, but his personal, uh, his stance, uh, policy stance has, has not changed on reparations. Issa Rae's joke It, it, baffles, it, it, it baffles my mind, is actually the reality for a lot of entrepreneurs, not just Black people, but entrepreneurs and investors. They really do believe that they did it themselves. They really do. They may not come all the way out and say it in an acceptance speech, but their actions show you they did it to themselves. There's a really great quote, man. When a, when a leader... When a leader, uh, when a leader's work is done. Mm, Y'all, the Holy Spirit is working on this episode. When the, when the best leader's work is done, the people say, we did it ourselves. Lousy. I repeat. When the best leader's work is done, the people say, we did it ourselves. 
there are running around social media right now saying they did it themselves, even without the Issa Rae video. Before Issa Rae's video was circulating, they were telling people that they did it themselves. Yes, they, yes. But we all know, all true Black equity listeners know, when the best leader's work is done, the people will say that they did it themselves. And that, I've had to come to grips with it. I've had to come to grips that someone's going to make it out of poverty, get to their $3 million, and then pretend as if their friends didn't die for them to get there. I've had to come to grips with this as a reality. Now, it might be a little overdramatic. Maybe no, maybe no one died, but maybe they did. But Derek, what does all this have to do with each other? <laughs> like, why is this, how is this all connected? How does Issa Rae joking in the acceptance speech people circulating that information and pretending like they did it themselves lead to a set it off clip in the greatest heist movie. And you're calling this episode the greatest heist in history? And how does that relate to a press secretary? I want you to listen to me very clearly. There are people in this black wealth space who believe that they've done it themselves. And then when the conversation of reparations for the death of our ancestors, for the enslavement of our ancestors shows up, they are nowhere to be found. They got all their assets. They got their money. They're wealthy. I would argue they're rich, not wealthy. But when the real conversation happens about the enslavement of our ancestors, we can't find them. Their phones don't pick up anymore. No more emails being answered. Because they made it out of their poverty and they're not looking back. And here's the thing. The main people fighting for reparations aren't necessarily poor black folk. This is a mindset thing. This isn't about poor people asking for a freaking handout. Some of the wealthiest people are trying to get this to the people. But there's a, a sick mentality out here that they did it themselves and they won't even discuss reparations. They won't even, as soon as somebody posts about reparations, they run. 
And so we find ourselves with the press secretary being asked uh, on Thursday or Friday about reparations. And she's baffled. Oh, I don't know about any California report. I haven't seen it. But that wasn't the question. Let's hear the question. I don't think I've called on you in a while. Okay. Yep. Oh, thanks, Curry. Um, question for you about this uh, report out of California on reparations. I was wondering if the president has seen it and if he would use it to guide any sort of executive action, since I think the last thing he did on reparations was say that he supported the study that Congress is yeah. essentially pointing So to his stance on reparations and supporting the study hasn't changed. I have not seen the California report, uh, but his personal, uh, his stance, uh, policy stance has, has not changed on reparations. We asked you if the president saw the report. She didn't answer that. She doesn't know. She's confused by the question. She doesn't even know that there was a reparations report. Now, give her a little bit of grace. She just got into the job. She has no idea about the reparations report. She's just happy to be the press secretary. And I mean this with, I really do mean this in the kindest, most respectful way possible. She is excited to be one of the first, if not, I don't know, she's, I believe she's the first black press secretary. And I'm sure that is an honor. And this is not about this lady. But unfortunately, she, or fortunately, was chosen during a time where the heat is about to rise. She is not going to be able to dodge reparations questions. I promise you this. Over the weekend, she looked at the California reparations report. I can guarantee you over the weekend she did. And let me tell you what she found. Now, whether she admits it or not, we'll never know. But let's look at it. Here is your California reparations report. Rob Bonta, attorney general, reparations report. On June 1st, 2022, the task force to study and develop reparations proposal for African-Americans issued its interim report to the California legislature. The interim report surveys the ongoing and compounding harms experienced by African-Americans as a result of slavery and its lingering effects on American society today. The interim report also includes a set of preliminary recommendations for policies that California legislature could adopt to remedy those harms. A final report will be issued before July 1st, 2023. It's game time, y'all. We are in the midst where reports are now coming out, reparations reports are coming out, and we about to find some truth. People say, well, let's study it, let's study it. It's been studied, here's your studies. Now what? But Derek, how does any of this have to relate? If you can't see it, I don't know how to connect the dots for you, but I'm gonna do a little something for you. Set it off was in California. They were escaping poverty. No one asked the question and set it off. How did those four 
black women even get in poverty. The movie just starts off with them in poverty, like most movies do. <laughs> right? Boys in the Hood, right? Uh, Minister Society. We just we just start the movie off. We do a we do a camera view of the skyline, and then we we swoop past the wealthy neighborhoods, and then we go to the poverty. And then there's four women sitting there, and they're in poverty. There's a whole nother movie to even lead to that, but that's not the movie. The movie isn't about, well, how did I get to poverty? The movie is they're in poverty and they must do whatever it takes to get out. And they decide to rob banks. They're in, the movie is not about robbing banks. The movie is about four women who happen to be black who are in poverty. That's the movie. And so if you're studying that movie, you would need to study, well, how did they get there? How did these four women get to poverty? And I'm telling you, the reparations report tells you how they got to poverty. Even though these are four fictional characters, the reparations report is telling you how those four women and set it off got to poverty. Why is Issa Rae the first black woman to get the entrepreneur award? Why weren't there other entrepreneurs? Why weren't there other black women? This reparations report will tell you, but you didn't listen to the whole speech. Just took a clip and said, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. It means I did it myself. No, unacceptable. And I know what Lao Tzu says. I know this is the thing and I've had to come to grips with it. When the best leader's work is done, the people will say we did it ourselves. So then my question is, all these people who are now making money and, and doing their thing, who is their leader? Because everybody's going to say they did it themselves, right? But who, who, who actually, who's that leader? Let's look. What did the reparations report find? Now, there are, there's a full report, there's an executive summary, there's preliminary recommendations, and there's key findings. On today's episode, to end off the episode, we're gonna look at some of the key findings and some of the preliminary recommendations. Here are some of the key findings from the report. It's right here in front of you. It's very rare. that I'm going to bring information to you that is not from a third party already fact-checked or documented from somewhere else. I didn't write this report. This isn't my, I didn't do this. I'm just analyzing the game that is in front of me. Key findings from colonial times forward, governments at all levels adopted and enshrined white supremacy beliefs and passed laws in order to maintain slavery, a system of dehumanization and exploitation that stole life, labor, liberty, and intellect of people of African descent. This system was maintained by 
financially benefited the entire United States of America and its territories. Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this, bye. Next. This system of white supremacy is a persistent badge of slavery that continues to be embedded today in numerous American and California legal, economical, and social and political systems. Throughout American history and across the entire country, laws and policy, violence, and terror have upheld white supremacy all over the country, but particularly in the South during the era of legal segregation. Federal, state, and local governments directly engaged in, supported, or failed to protect African-Americans from the violence and terror aiming to subjugate African-Americans. Cleo, fuck no, hell no! Stoney, shut up, we gotta split up, okay? Gotta, but I'll catch up to y'all later, I promise. What are we gonna do about the money? Just hold on to it. Come on, let's go. Government actions and derecollisions of duty have caused compounding physical and psychological injury for generations. In California, racial violence against African Americans began during slavery, continued through 1920s as groups like the Ku Klux Klan permeated local governments and police departments and peaked after World War II as African-Americans attempted to move into white neighborhoods. Our plan is to... I don't think I've called on you in a while. Okay. Yep, oh, thanks, Um Question for you about this uh, report out of California on reparations. I was wondering if the president has seen it and if he would use it to guide any sort of executive action since I think the last thing he did on reparations was say that he supported the study that Congress has yeah. essentially wanting So to his stance on reparations and supporting the study hasn't changed. I have not seen the California report, uh, but his personal, uh, his stance, uh, policy stance has, has not changed on reparations. After the Civil War, African Americans briefly won political power during Reconstruction. Southern states responded by systematically stripping African-Americans of their power to vote. Racist lawmakers elected from Southern states blocked hundreds of federal civil rights laws and edited other important legislation to exclude or discriminate against African-Americans. These coordinated efforts at the federal level harmed Black Californians, particularly when coupled with discrimination at the state and local levels. Cleo, fuck no, hell no! Stoney, shut up, we gotta split up, okay? Gotta, but I'll catch up to y'all later, I promise. Government actors working with private individuals act, uh, actively segregate America into black and white neighborhoods. In California, federal, state, and local governments created segregation through discriminatory federal housing policies, zoning ordinances, decisions on where to build schools, and discriminatory federal mortgage policies known as redlining. Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this, bye.
funded by the federal government, the California state and local government also destroyed black homes and communities through park and highway construction, urban renewal and other means. Enslavers denied education to enslaved people in order to control them. Throughout American history, when allowed schooling at all, black students across the country and in California have attended schools with less funding and resources than white students. After slavery, Southern states passed laws to prevent black and white students from attending the same schools. Throughout the country, even after the US Supreme Court held separate but equal to be unconstitutional, children went to the school in their neighborhoods. So education segregation was further entrenched by residential segregation. Many public schools in the United States never integrated in the first place or were integrated and then resegregated. Today, California is the sixth most segregated state in the country for black students who attended under-resourced schools. What are you gonna do about the money? Just hold on to it. Come on. Come on, let's go. Due to residential segregation and compared to white Americans, African-Americans are more likely to live in worse quality housing and in neighborhoods that are polluted with inadequate infrastructure. Black Californians face similar harms. Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this. Bye. Government financial assistance programs and policies have historically excluded African Americans from receiving benefits. The current child welfare system in the country and in California operates on harmful and untrue racial stereotypes of African-Americans. This has resulted in extremely high rates of removal of black children from their families, even though black parents do not generally mistreat their children at higher rates than white parents. Black children thus disproportionately suffer the loss of their families and the additional harms associated with being in the child of the welfare system. Federal and state government include California, including California, failed to protect black artists, culture makers, and media makers from discrimination and simultaneously promoted discriminatory narratives. State governments uh, uh, memorialized the Confederacy as just and her heroic through monumental buildings, monument buildings, wh while suppressing the nation's history of racism and slavery. Federal, state, and local government actions, including in California, have directly segregated and discriminated against African Americans at work. Federal and state policies like affirmative action produced mixed results and were, were short-lived. African Americans continue to face employment discrimination today in the country and in California. Oh, no. Story, shut up, we gotta split up, okay? Gotta, I'll catch up to y'all later, I promise. About the money. Just hold on to it. American government at all levels, including in California, has historically criminalized African Americans for the purposes of social control and to maintain an economy based on exploited black labor. This criminalization is an enduring badge of slavery and has contributed to the over policing of black neighborhoods, the school to prison pipeline, the mass incarceration of African Americans, a refusal to accept African Americans as victims, and other inequities. In nearly every corner of the American and California legal system. As a result, the American and California criminal justice system physically harms, imprisons, and kills African Americans more than other racial groups relative to the percentage of the population. Come on. 
Alright, motherfuckers. Suspect's on the road. Here we go, me and you! Me and you! The government actions described in this report have had a devastating effect on the health of African-Americans in the country and in California compared to white Americans. African-Americans live shorter lives and are more likely to suffer and die from almost all diseases and medical conditions than white Americans. Researchers have linked these health outcomes in part to African-Americans' unrelenting experience of racism in our society. In addition to physical harm, African-Americans experience psychological harm, which can profoundly undermine Black children's emotional and physical well-being and their economic, uh, I'm sorry, their academic success. Government laws and policies perpetrating badges of slavery have helped white Americans accumulate wealth while erecting barriers that have prevented African-Americans from doing the same. These harms compounded over generations, resulting in an enormous gap in wealth between white and African-Americans today in the nation and in California. And now the police are all over the suspect's tail. We'll try to follow the girls? best we can from our skies Hell yeah. Damn, that's fucked up. Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this, bye. That is the end of the report. I'm sorry, the key findings. Is anyone catching what I put on the table here? Or am I just the guy in the Blackwell space that everybody ignores? I don't have any fancy imaginary votes. I don't have any bells and whistles. I don't have some stage to stand on and yell down from and tell you how important I am. I'm better than you, oh my God, I'm so much better. I don't do that. I'm just a guy with a microphone and a freaking laptop and the key fighting from a California reparations report that, oh, by the way, she hasn't looked at yet. I don't think I've called on you in a while. Okay. Yep, oh, thanks, Curry. Um, question for you about this uh, report out of California on reparations. I was wondering if the president has seen it and if he would use it to guide any sort of executive action since I think the last thing he did on reparations was say that he supported the study that Congress has yeah. essentially So to his stance on reparations and supporting the study hasn't changed. I have not seen the California report, uh, but his per personal, uh, his stance, uh, policy stance has, has not changed Just on reparations. Just the guy reporting to you live on Black Equity Podcast. No, we're not a top podcast. No, we're not using social proof to manipulate people and change the actions and behaviors of people by emulating what somebody else did, because we know that sometimes that can be harmful, because if you emulate the wrong things, you'll put out a message that could be disingenuous to the overall cause of our people. Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. 
in conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this. Just saying. So that was the report's key findings. What are the recommendations? Preliminary recommendations for future deliberation. They talked about enslavement and legal slavery in California by doing the following. Deleting language from the California Constitution that per permits involuntary servitude as punishment for crime by passing ACA 3 uh, Camelot. Repealing Penal Code Section 2700, which states that the California Department of Corrections and Re Rehabilitation shall require of every able-bodied prisoner imprisoned in any state prison as many hours of faithful labor in each day and every day during his or her term of imprisonment as shall be prescribed by the rules and regulations of the Director of Corrections. Pass legislation that makes education, substance use, and mental health treatment and rehabilitative programs the first priority for incarcerated people. In addition, allow incarcerated people to make decisions regarding how they will spend their time, which programs and jobs they will do while incarcerated. Require that incarcerated people who are working in prison or jail be paid a fair market rate for their labor. Prohibit for-profit prison companies from operating within the system. Require that any goods or services available for purchase by incarcerated people and their families be provided at the same cost as those goods and services outside the prison. Allow people who are incarcerated to continue to exercise their right to vote. Implement a comprehensive reparation scheme will be de detailed in the task force final report. Transmit the task force's final report and findings to the president and Congress with a recommendation that the federal government create a reparations commission for African-Americans slash American freedmen through statute of execution action. Request that state of California and the US federal government facilitate data discrimination for black African-American racial groups. That's just the enslavement part. Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve this, bye. Racial terror, make it easier to hold law enforcement officers, including correctional officers, and their employing agencies accountable for unlawful harassment and violence, including a provision overruling, overruling the extra textual specific intent requirement that California courts have read into the Bain Act. Two, provision eliminating state law immunities that shield officer misconduct and explicitly rejecting protections uh, to qualified immunity under federal law. Three, a provision for additional special damages when the unlawful conduct is known to be racially motivated. The next thing that they can do, create forms of expression, acknowledgement, and remembrance of the trauma of state-sanctioned white supremacist terror, possibly including memorials and funding and long-term truth and recognition commission. escape poverty and they got the guns pointed at her 
estimate the value of Black-owned businesses and property in California stolen or destroyed through acts of racial terror. Distribute this amount back to Black Californians and make housing grants, a zero-interest business, and housing loans and grants available to Black Californians. Next, we look at police disenfranchisement. Create forms of acknowledgement and apology for acts of political disenfranchisement. Pass legislation that is in alignment of the objective stated in AB 2576 and establish separate funding for voter education and outreach to provide state funding and charge the Secretary of State Office with making grants to county registers for programs that integrate voting re registration and pre-registration with civic education for programs that increase voter registration within the counties underrepresented communities and high school students. Consider legislation to prevent dilution of the Black vote through redistricting. Require legislative policy committees to conduct racial impact analysis on all proposed legislation to require the administration to include a comprehensive racial impact analysis of all budget proposals and proposed regulations. Also allow individuals with felony convictions to serve on juries and prohibit judges and attorneys from excluding jurors solely for having a criminal record. Housing segregation, identify and eliminate anti-Black housing discrimination policies, practices. Compensate individuals forcibly removed from their home due to state action, Include, including but not limited to park construction, highway construction, and urban renewal. Prevent current banking and mortgage-related discrimination, including but not limited to discriminatory actions as a result of artificial intelligence and automated data analytics. Repeal Article 34 of the California Constitution. Repeal or counteract the effects of crime, free housing policies that disproportionately limit Black residents' access to housing. Y'all, they're going through enslavement, racial terror, political disenfranchisement, separate and equal education, racism in environment and infrastructure, the harms of black families, stolen labor and hindered opportunities. The full report is here, an unjust legal system, mental and physical harm and neglect, the wealth gap, boom. Implement a deep, and look, <laughs> ain't that something? <laughs> ain't that something? The wealth gap only has three points to it. I have to read the wealth gap. This is black equity. And we study wealth equity. And we talk about the wealth gap. So I'm gonna read these three, but I do find it interesting at the whole report, the wealth gap only has three little things, but maybe they're important. Let's look. Implement a detailed program of reparations for African-Americans. Develop and implement other policies, programs and measures to close the racial wealth gap in California. Providing funding Provide funding and technical assistance to Black-led and Black community-based land trusts to support wealth building and affordable housing. I'm going to put the, the full, the link for the full, full report in the show notes.
But just so you know. place California and they're just trying to escape poverty this report is really just about one state this report is about one state there's 50 of them There's 50 states. This report is just about one. Entrepreneur means I did that shit by myself. <laughs> In conclusion, entrepreneur till I die, I deserve Why am I playing this it by. so much? This is how many times I had to hear it over the weekend. At the same time that this report went out, at the same time the press secretary said she didn't read it. An artist's job, Nina Simone, is just to reflect the times. At the same time, at the same time that this report comes out about one state, I gotta deal with. Entrepreneur means I yeah. did that shit by myself. And how does that connect? Because they're just trying to escape poverty and set it off. So Derek, what do we do? What's the plan? Well, we kicked off the season telling you the plan. You need to go back and listen to our episode with the human rights effort. And for those who didn't get a chance to listen, here's a little bit of the plan. Our plan is to turn the United States upside down. Our plan is instead of waiting for the top to trickle down to the bottom, to take the bottom to the top. 
Our plan is to have a modern day constitutional convention for and by the people. Our plan is social evolution. Our plan takes Article 5 of our current constitution, proposes an amendment to Congress that says within one year of the state's ratification of this amendment, we will have a constitutional convention for and by the people. And here are some directions that have to be followed. Our plan is distinct from any other Article 5 convention effort right now. Our plan can work. <laughs> Join our movement, sign the petition. We're currently working our way through Congress and this is coming.